0: Hey, guys, if you love listening to our podcast, then you're going to love the pictures at wrestlersorwarriors.com. Tony Rotundo is a great friend of ours, and his photos are fantastic. Go see him for yourself at wrestlersorwarriors.com. That's wrestlersorwarriors.com. All right, we are here with uh, a very special guest, Kyle Shoup. Uh, NCAA All-American for Lock Haven, three-time NCAA qualifier. Kyle, how are you doing, man?
1: Good, good, good to be on the show, dude.
0: Yeah, hey, it's a pleasure. So, how are you doing, dude?
1: I'm doing pretty well right now. I'm living in Lock Haven, helping out with uh, the Mattown RTC, and um, just just living my best life, coaching wrestling, doing what I love to do. So,
0: where are you right now? Still in Lock Haven? Like,
1: yeah, I'm still I'm still in Lock Haven. I'm actually about from where I uh I'm actually about two blocks from where I actually lived at during school. So I'm very, very close.
0: Interesting. So uh, where did you grow up?
1: Uh, I've, I'm originally from Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boiling Springs is kind of a small town, so I like to use Carlisle as a reference point. So if you've ever been to, let's say, like Carlisle Car Show or the Carlisle Fairgrounds, I'm about mm-hmm. 10 minutes away from there. So really small town thing I graduated with like 160, 167 people. So oh,
0: man. Oh man, that so you were you were double A all
1: through. Yep, I was double A, yep.
0: Dang. Um Well, how'd you get introduced to wrestling?
1: Um, in Bowling Springs, especially at the time, and we still have a very strong wrestling culture, but we won, I believe, twelve to thirteen district titles and that kind of started happening um during my first grade year so we had again we had a really good high school team around that time and it was just kind of the thing to do in the area you know we're not a real big school and we still have we have good uh women's sports programs but I mean if you look across the board um at what the school's athletic athletic uh, teams have accomplished obviously wrestling stands out in Bowling Springs so that's the reason why I would say that I joined
0: Mm -hmm. and all my friends all my
1: friends at the time was doing it so I just I just said why not
0: yeah did anyone in your family wrestle dad uncles Uh, brother
1: no actually uh I had my my little brother wrestled but no one before me wrestled or uh played anything like seriously I think my mom Was a cheerleader, but I don't think my dad played sports in high school. So,
0: so you were like first generational wrestling athlete. What was that like for your family? And like, how how were they supportive? Did they they didn't really know what came with wrestling uh when you said I was going to join up? Obviously, because like, I mean, especially in PA, like the commitments from like not only a youth wrestler, but like the family and people surrounding that youth wrestler. Like, it takes a lot, (laughs) right? Whether you're driving out to tournaments on the weekends, or club practice, or or whatnot. Um, So, how how was your family through all this, you starting wrestling?
1: Uh, My family uh, was very supportive. So, my first couple years in the youth program, obviously, you know, it's a learning curve, and Mm -hmm. it just wasn't, I wasn't anywhere. So, if you were to ask anyone in those first couple years, like, no one really thought that anything was going to come of me and my skills, obviously, but My family was really supportive of me, and we just kind of stuck with it. And uh, local club, I don't know if you've ever been to Central PA Stars with Brian Morrow, um, just uh, eventually got introduced. Um, I don't remember exactly how that happened, but we uh, started going to that club. And Brian, I will credit him to a lot of my skills, um, really developed me from a young age. And then I just kind of kept going. And it was great. I actually liked the fact that my parents weren't really serious with any other sports because it made my journey really low low pressure I would say. They were always like again really supportive of what I was doing, but they gave me my space and it was really nice not having someone that was ever really on my on my back so to say or someone that was really um they were always there to support me, but it was really on, on me pushing, determining how far I really wanted to go. Yeah. So
0: that's interesting, especially at like, I mean, PJW youth, man, there are some crazy kids with some crazy parents. Like oh, yeah. it's wild. It's wild. And I can say, speak for PJWs. Cause that was me. Right. I wrestled yeah. PJW all the way up through. And uh, I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day, but like, if you're an athletic kid and you have a place to train consistently year round and you have a crazy dad, you can, you can play in PJW States, maybe even be a state champ, uh, extremely difficult. But like, you know, if you have that high level of motivation, a lot of energy, you'll do well in youth. Um, that's, that's interesting that, uh, I mean that you didn't really have anyone. I, I don't want to say like, pushing you in the sense like they want obviously your parents want you to do your best, but like that self-motivation that so often wrestlers will talk about like, you know, the, when whenever they make that jump to start going to the next level, it's not, you know, they're not wrestling for their parents. They're not wrestling for the coach. They're wrestling because they enjoy it and, and it's that self-motivation. Um, and that's interesting because when I was a youth, I was kid, uh, my motivation was on my dad. I had – I did not like the sport. I did not like to wrestle. Uh, I would sit in the car and cry on the way to practice, like hated it. Um, But yeah, no, in my experience, whenever it became a thing that I did for myself, my own motivation, um, then I started to actually enjoy it. So um, well, were you always like that? Self-motivated, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I was always really self-motivated. And again, uh, things started clicking for me going into my third year. You could start seeing some potential, all these kids that are, that I used to lose to and whatever. They, uh, started, I started, uh, coming back and beating them. And then just kind of slowly over time built into, you know, going into high school, being a match out my freshman year at States, and then placing three times in the top three. So, you know, it just, it, the hands-off approach, it wasn't really, I wouldn't say hands-off, but more of a guided, more of like a guidance approach. I would say with my parents, really paid off because i like you said i just i kind of worked out i did i did what i thought was necessary and i knew that i was working hard every single time i was in the room and it eventually paid off in college and when i became an Mm all-american so i didn't i was never i never ever felt ever burned out you know i never felt like i was ever doing this too too much at especially like in high school or any other time where i just felt like I I was doing too much I always felt like I was doing enough to get where I needed to be so Mm.
0: and so so Kyle what was the first big tournament you competed in did you do like the whole the the youth circuit and go up into you know do the roller whatever it was called I don't even know Um, did you do big tournaments up in youth and, and through junior high
1: uh, I guess I guess you could say like my best performance that I had in the junior high. I mean, throughout if, if we're talking schedule, mm-hmm. if I wrestled my schedule the two years the seventh and eighth grade, and I only lost two matches. But I mean, I got I did the P I did PJWs a couple times. I only so the one time I qualified, I think I was, I was in the twelfth grade. I was not twelve. I was in 12 <laughs> yeah, I was in the
0: twelfth. <laughs>
1: I was in the 12 and under bracket, and I made it to the finals. I actually lost to uh, my former teammate, uh, DJ Fellman, in the oh, finals. Man. Yeah, and then – so we – I tried again next year, and I, I think I got third at the regionals – at the regional qualifier, so I didn't even make it to PJWs. But you did take top two. Yeah. Yeah, I was area nine. Yep.
0: That's, it's, that's brutal because I know that I – when I was in youth, I qualified when I was like nine, like just got smoked. And then the next year I took like fifth. And then the year after that, like every time I was on the bottom of the age group, cause it goes like nine and 10, 11 and 12. Every time I was on the bottom of the age group, I would get killed like bad. And when I was on the top of the age group, I, I did okay. Um, but that just goes to show, like in your example, you were a state finalist. And then the next year you don't, you, you don't even qualify for the state tournament. And that goes to show how tough, I mean, PJW, you know, Pennsylvania youth is, it's, it's brutal. So talk about your, your high school experience. What did, you know, your daily high school, you know, routine look for Kyle Shoup, um, you know, school and and then practice wise?
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, with, we had Rodney Wright, Trevor Byers, great, great coaches. You know, I had, I had a lot of guidance there um, and I would, we always had, especially during the season, we had a morning lifting three times a week. So I was in there before school and we had practice after, after school, obviously. And so I I don't, I couldn't put like an exact number on it, but I would go into, like I said, central PA stars um, with some of my teammates and wrestle outside of there. And my uh, senior year, I would, like just like I would probably roll around like two times a week outside of practice but I mostly just stuck with that schedule and a lot of the times it was like lifting and then sometimes I would go home and go for a run so stuff just simple stuff like that nothing I wouldn't say I did anything like super super out of the ordinary crazy so
0: that's interesting oh uh, and did you wrestle freestyle at all throughout high school
1: uh no, I, I actually wrestled I wrestled one freestyle tournament and I didn't do well. I actually <laughs> I wrestled a, I wrestled uh Ian Brown and Ryan Deal and Wyatt Keck and nice. yeah, I just it was a little bit of a meat grinder and it kind of deterred me. And I was I was a freshman and mm. it just wasn't it just wasn't what uh, I wanted to do at the time looking back on it and if people are kind of curious. I think that you need to give freestyle more of a chance because I'm working right now on competing at the senior senior nationals in Iowa. And I just feel not so much behind the curve, but there's things that if I would have worked worked on at that age, I feel like I would just have a little bit better of uh, just knowledge of basic positioning, like defending guts and, and working on like uh, trap arm guts and just some other things, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I, even, even Greco too, I feel like uh, kids don't give it a chance. Not in the sense like, not saying you have to go pursue a Greco world title or anything, but there mm-hmm. are things that um, when wrestling Greco, you can actually take from it and apply it to your folks on your freestyle. Like I know for me, like all last year, I spent a lot of time like working on my Greco positioning because my goal was to qualify for the RTC program and to do that, you got to take top four in states. And I was like, mm-hmm. in the event that I don't get it done in freestyle – I gotta have a backup plan and that was Greco. So um, but even that, like there's so much more to, to Greco in particular, like that I was able to to take it and mold to my, my folk style, like primarily hand fighting and, and positional. So um I, I agree with you. I think kids need to uh spend some time and really like spend time understanding freestyle and knowing that it's a lot more than just throwing people on their heads and, and things like that. So I don't know. Um okay, Kyle. You know, all through high school, you were a very successful wrestler. Um, you know, like you said, you three-time state place winner. You were in the top three each year. Um, when did you know that you wanted to compete Division One?
1: So after uh, after my freshman year, I mentioned that I was a match off of qualifying for the state tournament. I knew right then and there, and my parents uh, as well, we were very serious about uh wrestling at the division one level we knew right then and there we and and i knew that i wanted to go to the next level i knew i wanted to go to to a division one school so i would just say after having a a solid freshman year campaign i would say for what i accomplished and my wins and you know i i knew right then and there that i was gonna wrestle division one
0: and then talk about the, the recruiting process was like, so, I mean, whatever, you're a high, successful high school PA wrestler, like a lot of colleges look at that. What uh, what was the recruiting process like for you and, and what drew you to Lock Haven?
1: So it's, it's funny that you asked me that because it's ironic that, well, one thing I'll say is I didn't have the best uh, SAT or ACT score and I had <laughs> decent grades. I had above a 3.0, but, That's just one thing that really kind of hampered my uh, ability to get into, let's say like a bigger school. Like Rutgers was looking at me originally a little bit, but it eventually came down to that. And I actually got an identical offer from Edinburgh, Bloomsburg and Lockhaven. And I remember going up and visiting Edinburgh, talking to Flynn, going to Bloomsburg. And I forget who the head coach was at the time, but and then I came and I talked to Lock Haven. And the reason I came to Lock, I talked to Sky. the reason I came to Lock Haven was because I came up here a couple of weeks to do uh, some, some Matt town camps. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to know the guys a, a little bit. It was a good time. Um, and I just felt mo- most comfortable here. You know, the, the coaching staff just felt like they, they really mesh well with my style. And it just, it really, I think, in the end that just that just obviously really paid off for me and um it's ironic again so you had tyler Vath from Sagerstown, the kid the kid that um i lost to i, I in my in state semis um my senior year he decided to go to edinburgh and uh my big my good friend in uh virginia tech standout well former edinburgh standout virginia tech standout now corbin myers mm-hmm. was going to edinburgh and um, I kind of, I, I didn't want to say I like wanted to, to follow him. I wanted to go somewhere different. So I kind of that's another reason why I chose yeah. Lock Haven, you know.
0: Mm. That's interesting. So okay, what was that first year of, of college like for you, um, and, and how did you transition to D1 wrestling?
1: My my first year of college, I would say, was probably the biggest regret of my life. What? I really, I I didn't really do. The right things i wasn't in the right mindset, like wrestling was the last thing that I was thinking about, and you know I'd say that my college career truly well i I did okay I was a match off of five hundred I, I think I was fifteen and sixteen but i so my last one I wrestled in the year, I think was the Millersville open I had a couple good wins I went four and two i just i eventually i saw my potential then, and then um I would say my my career really started my the next year my freshman year my summer that summer coming in I had some tough guys with I had some tough guys in my weight that I had to compete with for the starting spot and Mm -hmm. then something just clicked in my head and I just said said to myself I'm like I can either ride the bench or I can ride I can work as physically as hard as I can every single time that I choose to come in and work out Mm -hmm. and that just really propelled me that summer. I made so many gains in my wrestling and my style, everything just started clicking. And then when the season came, you know, that's, that's when I excelled, you know, I knew that that was, that was, it was my time and my place from then on out. So.
0: Mm -hmm. So you had a rough first year, second year, um, you know, you make the team and you you qualify for the NCAA tournament, correct? Yes. Um, Yeah. What was that? What was that experience like for you? Um, the NCAA tournament was the biggest tournament you wrestled in your entire life. Um, how were you as, what were you, a, a redshirt freshman or uh, a yeah. sophomore, right? A, relatively a young kid. Uh, how did you go into that? How, how did you pre- prepare for that?
1: Uh, I I went 0 to at the tournament. So mm-hmm. I look back on that and I, I was actually uh, the, the the last seed. So I would say that the one thing that I wish I would have prepared a little bit more for it, looking back on it now, but my attitude then and there was, I felt like I was just happy to make it, and I felt like it showed in my wrestling, and again, yeah, these are things that I look back on, and I'm like, wow, I wish I would have believed that I would have been there, and I deserved to be there. I would have wrestled better. Whether I would have went 1-2 or oh and 2 again, it wouldn't have mattered. I think I could have wrestled better, but I just went in there, and I prepared I prepared like it was any other tournament i didn't really really change anything i would say too too crazy i didn't do anything too crazy i just mm. went to practice did what i had to do did a couple individuals and that was pretty much it coming into that because i i also didn't i also didn't find out that i i made it i was i was again selected as the last wild card mm. that year so again i was facing some uncertainty, whether or not right, I even right, made it right. yeah, up, up until uh, the selections. Mm.
0: So, okay. But then your junior year, um, you had, a you know, excuse me real quick, just to clarify. So that year, that first year you qualified for NCAA, didn't you, you led the country in tech falls that year?
1: No, actually that, that was, that was uh, my sophomore year. I qualified again for the NCAA tournament and I led the country in tech falls my tech sophomore falls.
0: year. Yep. Okay, well what what attracts you to to tech falls and not necessarily pins? Like how what do you attribute to scoring all these these tech falls?
1: Uh, I would just say every single time I went out there, you know, I really played into my game plan. I didn't want to I wanted to change some things stylistically, um but I didn't want to change who I was. In high school I was very well known for the tilt and I just knew uh, cutting down from 49 to 41 made a huge difference in my top game. I was I was riding guys at 49, and I was scoring a lot of points, but I I felt like I was always losing closer matches because I couldn't ride out necessarily the best guys. And just making the transition and the weight cut um, really helped me in my game, and it pay, played so much into my strength of – my tilts and I just became, I felt like I was way more of a monster on top every single year that I wrestled 41.
0: Mm, so, and, and that just, you know, you stayed with your tilt and you scored a lot of back points and ended mm. up getting tech falls and man, that four point near fall. That's, that's pretty dandy dude, especially like compared to high school. Mm. Um, so, I mean, like uh, for example, I was watching your match against Cade Brock which is on YouTube and it's awesome. Um, but, you know, f- first period, you get a takedown, you get a f- four point turn. It's a 6-0 match, 6-0 in, in whatever the, the blood rounds of NCAA tournament. If you're up 6-0 on a good wrestler, like that's, that's saying a lot, right? Um, mm-hmm. So they're really, the NCAA does a really good job at rewarding wrestlers for top wrestling. And that by, by saying that they have a, a riding time point, four point near fall, you know stuff like that. So, all right. So, next year, you're you're 13th seed going into NCAA's, correct? Mm. Um, man, what was your what was your mentality in entering that tournament? You said that you know the first year you qualify for nationals, you're you're Owen too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then was this the the following year your 13th seed at NCAA's? Uh, wait, are we
1: talking sophomore year or junior year?
0: Uh oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm confused. Then I think I confused myself in my writing. Let's uh, let's go to your junior year. Coming in the NCAA tournament, um, you're the 13th seed, and you end up you make the quarterfinals, correct? Yeah. So, what was what was your mentality going into that tournament?
1: I just feel like again everything was a uh, was way more of a build up. I <laughs> I felt really, really, honestly, super disrespected that a lot of. Um, I mean, certain websites and like, not that rankings ever mean a difference. but I felt super, super disrespected by a lot of these bigger sites, especially like flow wrestling. I don't even think I was in the top 20 and I just felt like that put such a big chip on my shoulder. And it wasn't even that, obviously it was a lot of self-motivation, but just going into that tournament, I, I, that year, I just, I knew I did exactly what I needed to do. And what Mm -hmm. that, what I mean by that is, a lot of the times I was working out three times, three times a day, Monday through Friday and excluding most of the times I would get at least get one or two workouts in each day of the week, each day of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Ex- like again, excluding, um, excluding competition days and stuff like that. I just felt that year going into nationals that no one was going to stop me from getting onto the podium. And it, it was really funny if you ask my teammates and my coaches, especially my roommates, the people that live closest to me, I just remember saying all summer, I said, yeah, I'm going to have to be Kate Brock to become an All-American. <laughs> I was like, I literally called a guy out. I knew, I knew that that was going to be my blood round match. Like I literally no <laughs> foreto- I, like, foretold it. And I just lived my life knowing that as of right now, I'm not as good as Kate Brock. As of right now, I needed to do a lot more work. I need to catch up. I need to do a lot of things on my feet. And I just remember going in, going into practice. Like I said, I'd work out with the team, but obviously I would just do a lot of things on my own and just work a lot of the skills that I absolutely knew I needed to have. Like that that knee pull that I hit on him in the first period and I hit on a lot of the other guys as well in the tournament, I felt like I practiced that literally till I got sick of it. And I just knew – I just had my, my go-to moves and the things that I knew I wanted to hit, they were just all there at the tournament just because I knew I put in so many different hours. My confidence level was ridiculous. It was through the roof. I just knew right then and there in Pittsburgh that it that was going to be it. That was going to be, that was going to be the moment that I got it done and having so many fans, having 400 LHU fans, that crowd hype was ridiculous. Um, my family, my friends, everyone was there to see me. My girlfriend—it was just—it was amazing. So I just—I just believed. I truly—that was the one tournament, and I regret the fact that we couldn't wrestle our senior year. But that was just the one tournament that just really stood out to me. That um, in my life, that I actually had a mission. I had something to go and accomplish to get wow. there.
0: Oh man, that's wild. So first of all, so you called out—you—you—you you, you pit. You're like Cade Brock. He's the guy. And lo and behold, you, uh, you beat him in a, first of all, very exciting match. Uh, it's on YouTube right now, Kyle Shoup versus mm. Kid Rock, blood rounds of NCAAs. Um, wow, that's awesome. All right, so uh, Kyle, who was your tra- primary training partner when you're doing all of this, this extra stuff? Who was there? Was there any specific person who was right there by your side when you're putting on all these extra hours?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Cole, Manley, Cole Manley from Altoona, former uh, transfer from Virginia Tech. Uh, he was literally my right-hand man. He was with me through all this. He was the guy that I would grab. He gave me, he gave me really, really, really good feels. Most of the time, that was especially – he was especially, like, I would try to mix it up a little bit in practice. Like, I like to wrestle uh, Bridget Simington as well. He's an Altoona guy. Um, but I would wrestle him a lot during practice. But uh, if I wanted to go in and get a workout when no one was there, Cole Manley was literally my guy. I would be in there pretty much every single time with him. The feel that he gave me, I just felt like it was a it was a championship feel. So that if you that's definitely my that was my guy.
0: And that's that's really cool because it, it you know oftentimes like just being me and, and you're seeing these wrestlers up on the, on the screen and you're, you're watching the NCAA tournament, you see the wrestler, you see their accomplishments, but you don't see all that went into it. Right. You don't see the practice. You don't see the extra, you don't see the, the partners, you know, that, that got them to where they were. Um, so that's, that's very special. And like, like they say, like it takes an army, right. You know, it's going to take mm-hmm. a lot of people to achieve a, a goal as large as, you know, being an NCAA all American. So, um, so Kyle, your senior year, um, you're building up for the NCAA tournament. Uh, we get blindsided by the coronavirus. What, um, what, what were you thinking going into that? You know, the the whole scenario, did you, were you scared of COVID or um, did you have any suspicions that anything would happen?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question as well, because one thing I, I just vividly remember it was literally, I felt like it was a series. Like I literally feel like I'm reliving it right now in my head, but um I just remember, so I was an intern uh, for Coach Moore uh, my senior year. So I worked that whole year um, just basically doing some things uh, that just kind of put a baseline of, of what co- being a college coach is all about. And mm. I remember specifically, I, I forget his name, I forget who walked in, but a, a person from the athletic department literally walked in the one day and said, yeah, like, I, are you following this COVID stuff? Like, I, as of right now, like we, you see all the stuff that's going on in China. and He said, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, right now we don't even have enough masks in the United States." And I just remember like that being brought up. And then the other moment I would just say that I vividly remember was, yeah, the last the last practice that we had. So that was like kind of a precursor. That was before we left for the Mac tournament, like a week before, maybe a week or two. And then I just remember our last practice and I just remember Coach Moore calling all of us in and saying, Hey, we're we're gonna practice today, we're gonna go hard, we're gonna do what we gotta do. But just basically I I mean, I personally I felt like I knew right then and there it was over. I felt like I knew that this was gonna be this was gonna be it. But he basically said, We don't we don't know what's gonna happen. And just like along those lines, we don't know what's going to happen, so regardless of what happens, uh, we appreciate the journey we basically we love you guys like it's it's been really special to have all you guys and I just knew when we went, so we practice and then we went back in the locker room, and I'm pretty sure all of all the major sports associations like the n NBA, uh, NHL, all these things were all put on hold. You know that whole cancellation, all that, and then I, I just figured it was a matter of time. Like NCAA is a is a great organization. It's a big organization, but I mean the cash flows that you're getting from those huge national professional leagues, it's you know that's that's kind of a no brainer for them at that point. You know, and I just remember then getting the a text later that night, like, Hey, it's pretty much over. I just remember seeing it too on my phone and I'm just like, wow. I always thought that some, like, I always still hope is, I always thought maybe something would, or someone like an individual would reschedule the tournament or something, or somehow we have some sort of private fund fund or something where we could just wrestle. And it didn't matter to me at that point. I just because eventually it went from I forget it was like six people because it was even before that it was like six people, family and friends. Then no fans. Then canceled. So it was kind of a progress. It was just a progression, and it was just an. It's it. Said eventually, I just felt like it was uh, eventually going to happen. We were going to get the axe. So,
0: man, and and how did you deal with that? What like were you in a tough place emotionally or mentally? How, how did you, how did you process all this information?
1: I would just say that I went into pretty much like a state of just depression Mm -hmm. for about like a solid month and a half. Like I, I just, I didn't really know. I didn't know what to do. I just, it's like, wow. Like I had such a, I had such a schedule. I had such everything in my life. Um, I just didn't realize how regimented I felt like my life was, how in order everything was um, going to practice, like doing all that stuff. And then that just ended. I just remember I gained, I gained weight. I I was up to like 175 after that, probably within that, within that week. I just, and then, you know, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't eating right. I wasn't exercising. And then, like I said, just kind of spot, spir- I felt like I was spiraling downhill. Mm-hmm. Then once things started to clear up, I it kind of got back in my own head, and I was like, "It's, it's okay." Like I just look back on it, I look back on it, and it just took me a while to just be thankful for everything that I did accomplish, and I'm blessed to, unlike a lot of the people at that tournament, I'm blessed to say that I'm still an all-American. I'm still, I'm still had a, a such a storied career at Lock Haven, um, and. It just took me a while to realize that. And then I started getting my st- myself together, you know, started exercising again, starting to get back to, the, to somewhat of a normal me. And now, now I feel great, you know, obviously coaching. And it took me a while, too, as, as well. I didn't know that I – again, freestyle and freestyle and folk style are two completely different things. Right? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I just knew then – it took me a little bit, but I, I knew that I wanted, I wanted to compete. and and freestyle like I want to I need to have some sort of closure to my career and regardless of freestyle or folk style uh, I'm going to compete at least probably three more times and see how that goes it doesn't even the result doesn't matter to me it's more about the process it's more about just learning learning new things becoming a better wrestler becoming a better coach and That's the other thing, too. I feel like that was one of my saving graces is I was just uh, I just I told I was talking to to Scott and I was just like, hey, like, I want to stick around. Like, I want I want to be here for these guys. Like, I can't I can't leave the way that I can't leave it after what happened. And I just knew that I had to be a part of of their journey now too, because, you know, after what happened to me, like I just felt like I had to get back to to this program that's given me so much. And I'm really thankful for the fact that we're going to start the Matt town back up and I'll be the head coach of that. And that's, that's awesome. That's what I want to do with my life is coach wrestling. So.
0: How long have you been like that? Uh, how, how long has your, your, your goal been to coach wrestling? I,
1: I would say after, after my uh, freshman year of college, I I had a solid year and I knew that I wanted to be in the sport. I want to continue to give back. That's my thing is I just look at all those people who helped me out along my career, who I can't even name, but they've taught me something, you know, especially when I was little, having those people that would come do camps, come do clinics or, and just be around the sport you know, I just, I respect, that I knew that that is that was that was the route that I wanted to take and I was really thankful that Lockhaven allowed me to do an internship with coach Moore Um, it was a three credit internship and I was able to learn some of the ins and outs of college wrestling see what exactly I needed to do and that kind of really that really piqued my interest as well I just I knew that college coaching college wrestling was the answer for me
0: yeah. So that's your, that's your final goal now is to, to end up at a, you know, at a, a double a institution.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I want to, can, I want to be um, a head assistant coach here in a couple years at a, the NCAA division one university. We'll, mm. we'll see what happens at Lock Haven. Obviously our, our staff, we're, we're at capacity right now. We, we got to see uh, if anything happens, but um you know obviously, if it's not here, I'm not opposed to going somewhere else, you know eventually, but as of right now, I see myself being in Lockhaven yeah. for a little bit so
0: so you you've talked about several times now about um you know the the coaching staff and your guys' relationship, and it sounds like you at Lockhaven between the, the your team dynamic and the coaching dynamic it sounds like it's it's a very tight group of guys. What is the experience like at Lockhaven um on the on the team side of things? What is the dynamic there? And how did you fit into that?
1: I would just say we're a hard nosed group of kids. You know, we were we're top twenty program those uh those last three years. So in Cleveland, I think we were eighteenth in no in Cleveland, I think we were sixteenth in uh Pittsburgh, we were eighteenth. But we're just we're top twenty Uh, team we're pretty pretty tight outside of it we i bonded really well because i'm an outdoorsy style type of kid we got guys on our team to hunt and fish we got guys that live to do that kind of stuff outside of wrestling it's a great dynamic um you know i wasn't really like super super close with everyone on the team but i got along with everyone on the team i would say that there was no one person throughout my career where i was ever just like i i don't i really could care less whether or not i see you again you know i care about every single person that's come with me through my journey whether or not i talk to them or not if i see them you know it's i i would if i see someone i would obviously go out of my way go talk to them and that's that's from people through my freshman to my redshirt to my uh, redshirt year through my senior year you know it's just um it's a great group of group of guys we're pretty tight knit um obviously you got guys that are closer but it just is really nice to be able to have guys where after practice we could say, Hey, like, you want to go fishing and Mm -hmm. people would come with me and go do that kind of stuff. And my relationship with the coaching staff, I would say that Scott single-handedly saved my career. He, he knew that my freshman year, I wasn't doing the right things and he, he punished me. Obviously like I had some of my scholarship money taken, and that was obviously – I didn't do anything for the money, but that was, that was a wake-up call. And he just – he never stopped believing in me and never. He was the one that pushed me. He's the one that we sat down in his office and we had those hard conversations that I look back on now and I say, if that never would have happened, then I would not never be sitting in here as an All-American. You know, I would – he looked out for me. And then Coach Carr is a great guy, you know, coming in we we didn't really have the best relationship I would just say but every single year that he's been with me through the program and I can see it now he improves a great deal and, and that's the same thing with all of our coaching staff you know they're they're improving they want to get better at what they do just as bad as we want to get better at what we do so that's what just makes everything work here is everyone's on the same team we're all working together and you know, it's a give and take relationship. And it was great also having Ronnie Perry on the team. He would he would kick my butt every single day. <laughs> like if I would wrestle, and I still can't beat him to this day, but you know, I'd wrestle him and he would just push me to the break the brink. And he was he was a fresh he was a fresh younger guy coming in, you know, and it was great having him around. But I would just say that overall I just liked how the team was pretty much all on the same same page. Everyone that was Everyone that was out there in the starting lineup knew what they had to do. They were doing their job. They were working really hard. And um, the coaches were – they were always there. You know, they, if I needed anything, I knew I could have went to Coach Moore, Coach Carr, Perry at any time and just – and told them what I needed. And they and they would have done their best to, to provide that to me or any of my teammates. So I, I would just say that – it's just a really great dynamic down here. If you want to get better at wrestling, you know, this is a great small town environment. And that's the other thing is too. I just, I feel like I just meshed well yeah. coming from boiling Springs. You know, I was never going to make it at a Rockers, at a Penn state, a at, at big 10, or just like a West Virginia. And he's and one of those bigger schools, you know, that just wasn't me. That wasn't my personality. This, this school just, I feel like so embraced and accepted here. You know what I'm saying? I just, I walk around and, you know, obviously it's, it's diverse. There's not just, you know, country people here that everyone's here and, and, you know, everyone, everyone gets along here relatively well. So that's one of the things too. It's welcoming place.
0: Man. Okay. So, so Kyle, what, uh, you know, aside from, from college wrestling, you know, coaching college wrestling, what other goals do you have for your future? Um, and even and even off the mat, what other what other plans or, or you know bucket list things you want to do with your life?
1: I would just say uh, I'm going to continue to coach wrestling until my legs and my arms don't work. So <laughs> that's something that I don't see changing in the near future. Um, I would like to the sns Club. That was a great experience, and I really want to thank the Simonton family for allowing me to have that facility and work out of there. It was a great, it was a great learning experience, but I eventually am am working toward potentially wanting to open my own club up. That's just something I I would like to, I'd like to, if if we're talking about the pure essence of giving back, I feel like that's college wrestling is obviously a little bit different. You got all those people are, all those people are already worked up to a point where they're good enough to come in. You know, I want to be, I want to eventually be a part of people's journeys into college. I want to be that guy that if I think this person could go to division one and he doesn't have many offers, well, what am I going to do for him? I'm going to go through hell and back to figure out where this guy is going to go and um, help him through his journey. And I would just say right now, I'm just pretty primarily focused on wrestling at this aspect of my life. But the other thing outside of that is, I really want to travel a little bit you know I want to get some some money saved up here and my parents are actually my dad works for Carl Syntec and they're going to be moving to Scottsdale Arizona so one thing on my bucket list is I oh. definitely want to go out there and uh, see the Grand Canyon so yeah. I, I just I yeah that's just the one thing with wrestling it was just Always such a sacrifice, and I'll I'll never complain. Like it's gonna be completely different being on a bus now as a coach, you know. I I won't complain because I can travel however many hours. You know, it's not about cutting weight anymore. You know, right, I can go. Right, right, right. I can go. I can go to the hotel now. I can check into my room. I can go relax. I can do other things, and I feel like that again will kind of satisfy some of my itch for traveling because I I just feel like I'll be able to experience way more things. You yep. know, it's not about it's not about wrestling, but I would just say I'm primarily focused on wrestling right now. Eventually, working toward opening up another club and uh, just traveling because that's just the one thing that um, I haven't been able to do. And I, I'm really jealous. I have I have one of my buddies back home that's that's literally traveled all across the country and, uh, in um, I'm trying to think like a Winnebago style, like a mm-hmm. like a small RV. But he traveled all across the country, and the places that he, he got to see and stuff, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous of that. Like, yeah. I, want, I want more of that in my life. I love Pennsylvania, and I see myself living in Pennsylvania, but I want to expand my, my views, my horizons, and go see some things that I never had before. Mm. So,
0: yeah. Kyler, is there any other hobbies that you pursue actively uh, other than wrestling? Um, I know you had mentioned hunting and fishing, right?
1: yeah i'm a huge uh i'm a huge bow fisherman uh, yeah. i love doing that yeah i go out all, almost all the time there's actually a spot in uh, lock haven um about five minutes from my house where i can go do that pretty much every day and i live i live to do stuff like that i love being outside hunting and fishing um this i occasionally do some hiking with my girlfriend and there's plenty of places around here to do that but i'm just I'm just more of an outdoorsy style kid. You know, I love, I love being outside. Uh, this is beautiful scenery. If I go outside of my house, I, I literally have, yeah. even though there's a big plant, even though there's a big, uh, first quality plant right there, I still have a great view of the mountains. Um, so yeah, I just, I would just say that, yeah, my, my hobbies include hunting. Actually, I would like to get better at hunting because again, it's, it's been really, really hard. Um, from a wrestling perspective, you know, I don't really, again, they're in the same time. So I would really, I've, I have never shot a a deer. Um, So that's kind of, again, that's one thing that you brought up a bucket list. Like that's on my bucket list for this year. I'd like to get that done. Um, But yeah, I'd like to shoot a deer. And when I'm not, uh, if I'm not wrestling, a lot of times I'm bow fishing or doing something outside.
0: That's very cool. Kyle, I just want to thank you so much for for coming on this episode of the podcast um before you go are there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with like a little little pearl of wisdom maybe nugget of information for them to take with them
1: yeah i I want to say uh, one thing well two things actually so uh like i said i'm starting the mat the mat town rtc is open in lock haven now we're we're gonna start working on it so if you guys can, please uh follow the page on uh, Facebook and Twitter. We're gonna be putting out some information. We also have our uh, fall our fall classic coming up here. I again off the top of my head, I do not know the date, but it is listed on that site. And obviously, I want to see a lot of uh, you guys come out. Like I'd love to see you wrestle in that, Jude. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be close. It's gonna be in the Williamsport uh at the Williamsport uh, Liberty Arena. Nice. So, and. If we're just talking about uh, just some advice that I would um, give anyone. Don't don't wait. Don't wait on things. Don't, the good things don't come to those who wait. I always thought, you know, my, my freshman year when I was making mistakes and I wasn't doing the right thing, I just thought it was going to come. You know what I mean? I had Dan Neff. I had a returning All-American in front of me. But my biggest regrets in college were and in high school where I just – I just need to do a little bit more. You know, it wasn't that I was so far off off course that I couldn't be brought back. But do more now. Do, just do, uh, like I said, just do more now. Don't think of anything as a time to wait. Go after it, go go get it done. And then my big motto was when I became an All-American, it was just see it, believe it, achieve it. You know, it's obviously pretty explainable just see your goals. Um, when it comes down to it, you know, believe, believe that you can actually do it and then guts up and go get it, achieve it. So yeah, that's, that's all I really have for you. And I want to say, uh, thank you for getting on today and talking with me. It was been a great interview, so I appreciate all the questions. They were great.
0: Nah, dude, I appreciate you for being available. I've wanted to do this for a, uh, for a quick minute now, but uh, I'm glad I finally able to get a hold of you actually meet in person. At that day at yeah. uh, the Lock Haven camp, which was the last one. Yeah. But, again, I, I really appreciate you and to everyone who stuck around and, and listened to today's episode. Um, so where is my mouse cursor? Awesome. All right. Until then, guys.